It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It is a Monday. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I hope you had a great weekend. I did. I mean, good times. But that's a whole nother story. I'm going to deal with some of the tougher issues to begin with today and just get lighter as I go. Miss Mary is out of town. Yeah, she's gotten some personal business today. So I have been left here unsupervised. Now, they say that I cannot take phone calls because they don't know how to switch over the system to direct studio. I think it's really because I've been left unsupervised. But that's a whole nother. We'll get into that maybe another time. So it's just you and me. You can still send me notes on the Wake Up Wyoming app, though. Just hit the chat button. Send me notes. I'll answer those all morning long. I'm going to deal with the toughest topic first. Trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Over the course of the weekend in Colorado, you might have heard about the shooting that took place at the nightclub there. And, of course, it's uh, the whole LGBTQ thing as they keep... That's what they're saying on the news. And I really want to... I can't. I really can't explain how impressed I am with the people who rushed the gunman and took him down. That's the way you handle that. At, at great risk to themselves, they rushed the gunman and took him down. That's the way you handle these guys. Still five people dead, others injured. Now, the reason I'm addressing this right off the bat is I want to do what I usually do in a situation like this. And I'm glad to see the police, the authorities do it. The news media, to an extent, Dent has been helping, but you always have to watch out the commentators that they bring on to talk about things like this. The police have been asking about what is the motive. Right away, now that is important. Hold that thought. Right away, some people claimed it was a gun issue. And I even heard news reporters talk about gun violence. The president right away calls for an assault weapons ban, right? And you've heard me say before, I don't care what tool he was using. I've told you stories about people who have made Molotov cocktails, but worse than just your regular Molotov cocktail. It was like napalm. This one happened in Tampa, went by some little corner restaurant and blew the place up in a big firebomb. We've talked about people who've um, driven vehicles through crowds, knife attacks, the list goes on. I don't care what tool this person was using. That means nothing to me. What I care about is really what 
is this person doing and how do we stop it from happening from a mental health point of view? Then the question was, well, did he do it as a hate crime? Well, if you're looking at motive from that point of view, now I don't know anything. I will tell you what comes to mind for me, first off. Some years ago, Orlando, Florida, you might remember a nightclub shooting there. And that guy went into a nightclub and just shot the place up. And if you're thinking right away, well, you know, assault weapons ban, he was using all sorts of guns, okay? So it's not the kind of gun. But in his case, this is a guy who kept going to these nightclubs and going home with guys, but then hated himself for doing it. And so out of anger, went and attacked the nightclub. So if you're thinking, well, this is some MAGA hat-wearing Republican homophobe, nah, it was a different story in that case, considering what this guy's, what that guy's motives were, that he hated himself for what he was doing, which is still, again, let's talk about this guy's mental health in that case. The guy who did the shooting, who killed some people in that nightclub, injured others, they did catch him. He's not in good condition, but okay, he'll survive. And then maybe we can go ahead and find out why this was done. Why did he do what he did? Until then, the best thing to do is not jump to any kind of conclusions about it because we don't know why. I did come across one story, uh, here we go, about the suspect. Headline, Colorado shooter suspect allegedly threatened his mother with a homemade bomb back in 2021. So there again, if you worry about well, with guns and so, well, he had threatened someone with his own mom with a homemade bomb. So the 22-year-old suspect story says open fire club queues Saturday night, Colorado Springs, Colorado charge with felony menacing in the summer of 2021. NBC News reports Saturday that the shooting suspect was arrested by sheriff's departments a year after a bomb threat was made in a residential area outside of Colorado Springs. The suspect's mother told police that her son was threatening to cause harm with a homemade bomb and multiple other weapons. Police learned the suspect was in a home near his mother's residence and went to speak with him. He initially refused to interact with police before eventually coming out to surrender. He was charged with two counts of felony menacing, three counts of first-degree kidnapping for the incident. So you see this guy obviously has problems. And then the story goes into the nightclub shooting. But I take a look at this and I think, okay, obviously the guy has problems. He has issues. And as I say, with any other shooting, you really, if you want to solve, will never 100% solve this stuff. Because this kind of thing has always been going on. For those of you who would, and you've heard some people say this, there are those who will will say, we didn't used to have problems like this. Yes, we did. We did. And even before the gun was invented, I mean, the gun itself, even before the musket was invented, there were people who committed mass murders. They just used different tools to do it. So we've always had this problem as human beings. Because there's always people who have these kind of disorders. And so my only motive that I worry about is not whether even you would consider it a hate crime or not or whatever. What kind of disorder and what could we have known in advance? In this case, we know the guy had threatened his own mother 
with a homemade bomb and other weapons. So obviously we knew a year ago, that was back in 2021, we knew a year ago that this guy had issues. So what was done about that? Yeah, If we knew this a year ago that he was this kind of a person, I want to know what was done, apparently nothing, to deal with a guy who has issues like this. Our failure rate is high. Go back to the Colorado movie theater shooting. That was a guy who had been seeing a shrink for quite a while, had a list of mental disorders, and people around him, considered, including his shrink, considered him to be dangerous. And yet, what was done about him? Right. So we end up with a mass shooting on our hands. This is part of what I think as a society we're really missing out on. We are seriously missing out on not just identifying who has a problem, but then following up afterwards. I mean, after a guy threatens his own mother with a homemade bomb and other weapons, as she said, what is done? And there's the, it's not, as far as I'm concerned, any other issue than we as a society are not really good at identifying, and when we do identify, we don't follow up. To me, that's really what the problem is. 615, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite app? Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six nineteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I got Twitter news for you from over the weekend. I'm still struggling with which Twitter song is the better opening for these segments. Twitter is a lot like crystal meth because it's really fun to do and Oprah's on it. Gee, I don't understand that one, which is why I think I love it so much. Then there's this guy. He's good. You're no one if you're not on Twitter. And if you aren't there already, you've missed it. If you haven't been bookmarked, retweeted, and blogged, you might as well not have existed. You might as well not have existed. Yeah, see, I like that guy. Good music, good singing there, a nice guitar playing going on. All right, here's what happened over the weekend. First off, Twitter invited Donald, Elon Musk, I should say. Because Twitter is pretty much empty of employees right now. Well, he fired a lot of them. Yeah, when we first got there, he fired a few. And then a bunch of them started mouthing off, so he fired them too. Then a whole bunch of them just quit. So he's not left with a whole lot. There's a skeleton crew on Twitter. And I think Musk will find, I think he probably already knows, but he'll find that you really don't need all of those people running Twitter. You probably do it with the smaller crew anyway, but we'll find out. So Elon Musk invited Donald Trump back. The story says... Must welcome Donald Trump back to Twitter Saturday night, but the former president still faces legal and financial obstacles to returning to the surface. The issue stems, of course, from uh, Trump's role in the competing right-wing platform uh, Truth Social. Trump has repeatedly said he's happy with his Truth Social and won't return. 
but has given his relationships to both Twitter and Truth uh, to dampen speculation that he'd resume his place on the central platform. And then it goes on to the takeover of Musk and so on. But yeah, uh, Trump says, no, I'm not going. I'm not going back, but thanks. Okay, but he's welcome. If he wants to, he's welcome to come back. That drove the left absolutely nuts this weekend. Let's see. Elon Musk restores the Babylon Bee. Oh, I'm so glad for that. Now, one of the reasons that Musk bought Twitter in the first place was the Babylon Bee. This is a satirical conservative site that I've played. In fact, I've got some audio played in just a minute here for you guys, but that has to do with Twitter employees. But yeah, this is a satirical site that does also, it's better than Onion as far as I'm concerned. And Twitter kept mistaking their parody for misinformation. Like We're not trying to misinform anybody of anything. We're being funny. This is satire. This is parody. Sometimes, yeah, it makes a point, but most of it is just being funny. There's always, in order to be funny, there's always got to be a grain of truth in it. So... Babylon B is now back. Story says CEO Elon Musk restored the account of the Christian satire outlet Babylon B on Friday. We're back in. Let that sink in, said Babylon B with a nod to Musk. The outlet was banned from social media earlier this year from an article jokingly naming Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary Rachel Levine as a biological male who claims female identity as man of the year. Musk, a vocal fan of Babylon Bee and former guest on their podcast, consulted the company's leader before launching his bid to acquire Twitter. So, again, the reason that Babylon Bee is back on is because kicking the bee off of Twitter just was enough. That was just too much, and that's why Musk decided to do something about it. Now he owns it. All right. Next one. Let's see. Jordan Peterson, for those of you who know him. Jordan Peterson is a very serious guy. I mean, he's a really serious guy. But he does a lot of, you know, conservative um, thought and philosophy and so on. And he's very – it's someone who just flat out speaks his mind. He's not trying to be a jerk. He's just being really – serious about what he believes and why. Okay, so he's not trying to get into a fight with anyone in by name-calling. He brings up facts and philosophy and things like this. Very serious guy to listen to. He was banned by Twitter. And now he's back. This, again, is driving the left absolutely nuts. See, one of the stories I had here, celebrities, here's the headline, <laughs> celebrities cope with and, and are seething mad after Elon Musk reports Twitter is back. And, oh, Lord, yes, yeah, some of these people, I just, let's see, uh, Mia Farrow, get blood pressure pills. <laughs> Rob Reiner, Elon Musk is letting a man who led, uh, led a violent insurrection, et cetera, et cetera, lies, disinformation. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the left never does that, right? Michael Kelly, Trump comes back to Twitter. He'll bankrupt yet another one of his businesses. 
there's some names here of celebrities I've never heard of before, but I don't tend to follow celebrities. Soon as Trump is reinstated, it's goodbye. So he, he says he's going to leave. And there's more celebrities here I've never... Oh, here, I know John Cusack. So Elon Musk, in order to avoid paying taxes, supports fascism, buys Twitter, Twitter and then destroys it. Okay. These are the freakouts that you're getting from these people. So remember now, these celebrities were outraged when they were told, in order to get that blue check mark by their name to show that it's really them and not someone with the same name or someone pretending to be them, they would have to pay eight bucks. A, yeah, eight bucks for that privilege. Oh, dear Lord. Those poor rich bastards. Hi, I'm Farrah McGrendelson. Will you be an angel for a helpless lib? Every day, innocent libs are ratioed, flamed, and even neglected. For just $8 a month, you can sponsor a liberal, providing them with a blue check, and more importantly, with hope. That's about the cost of one white chocolate low-whip almond milk latte light froth, or one gallon of gas. Call now. Your donation will provide identity verification, all the benefits of Twitter Blue, and a newfound sense of self-worth to a poor, needy lib. Plus, you'll receive a photo and regular updates from your sponsored lib. Everyone knows the only people worth listening to are blue checks. Don't let a lib become an absolute waste of a human being. Browse our database of needy libs today. Please act now, because due to inflation, $8 will soon be worth $4. And then you'll have to pay $16. Right now, there's a lib who's in need, and you can help. Don't wait. Every minute, more libs fade into obscurity. And even though they are definitively rich enough to pay it for themselves, their liberal worldview dictates that you should be the one to shoulder the burden. It's the compassionate thing to do. I want it! I want it! It's okay. Elon Musk can't get you here. You're gonna stay verified. Look at what you're doing to her, Elon. That's Babylon B, by the way, that wrote that bit. And I have another one from them. Since all of those Twitter employees are out of work, many of them were fired and many quit. So now these folks have to go out and get a job in, like, the real world. And what are their skills? Well, they worked for Twitter. That's their job skill. Now, to be fair, social media is something that is very important today. It, it really does drive a lot of our economy, believe it or not. But with all of those Twitter employees out there that have now, and we're talking thousands that are now out of work, what is available for them that's a job that, especially one that would be as cushy as the Twitter job was? Now, I, I doubt a whole lot. They might actually have to get a real job that's actual work. Oh, Lord, what do you do then? Well, we'll find out. And I have that Babylon B satirical bit where a I'm gonna play it after the news and information break. It's a Twitter employee. She goes in for a job interview <laughs> at a real at a real job. I mean it's it's a place where she would really actually have to work for a living. Doesn't go well. I'll play that next. Coming up on six thirty, local news coming your way. Morning, Ran. Ran for danger. 
Jimmy Casper's out there as well. So we're coming up on local news. Update on your weather forecast after that. And then I'll go ahead and play that Babylon B bit for you. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Boring. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Six thirty-six. the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. I'm just kind of catching up on the latest people that are invited back to Twitter. So if he wants to, Trump can come back, but Trump has his own service now, so he said he wasn't going to. Uh, then there was, let me see, Babylon B is back. And Jordan Peterson, philosopher and conservative, inside is back. And I said, another one, and I thought this was just, was a couple of these were hysterical. Let me see. Uh, Project Veritas is back. Yeah, that's. A well, this is the guy who does with Project Veritox the work that 60 Minutes is supposed to do and other news outlets out there. But Project Veritas actually does this serious investigative journalism, so they're allowed back on now. This is driving the left crazy. Then it was this Elon Musk is mocking CBS News, they made a decision to suspend Twitter activity because of all of the people allowed back on Twitter. And then within 24 hours, they were back on because they get so much traffic out of it, they can't leave it alone. So Musk is just having a great time with all of this. All right, so Twitter employees now actually have to go out and find real jobs. I don't think they know what that's like. Mr. Dunsenson? Yeah, come on in. You know, uh, you're 20 minutes late. Yeah, Twitter, we didn't have, like, start times. Schedules are... Uh remnant of an oppressive colonialist regime. Oppressive colonialist regimes? Okay. Well, look, the work here is pretty demanding. We need to find someone who can inspect all of our outgoing... Miss, are, are you okay? I'm sorry. I'm not really used to bosses using trigger words like demanding and inspect and work. But this is a job. We don't say that either. Then how do you get any work? Huh. I mean, so how do you get any uh, labor stuff, production, the handwork, not work, sorry, stuff done? How do you get any stuff done? Uh, Streep's got tons of stuff done on Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, what would you say you did there? I was responsible for so much as a content moderation specialist. Some days during my afternoon cornhole sesh, I get a text telling me I had to ban someone. So then you'd have to... Actually, like, walk over to your computer and ban them? Uh, no. I would just hit a button on my phone, and then BAM! Babylon B? Banned. Libs of TikTok? Banned. Steve from Fruitport, Michigan? You know he banned. And then back to Cornhole. Uh, alright, well, what else did you do there? Drank like a sailor. They had wine on tap, mimosas, a full microbrewery. They also had AA... 
which was kind of helpful for me. One day at a time. Uh, well, congratulations. Uh, well, so I think I've seen everything that I need to see. Did you have any questions for us? Tons. Okay, first, you don't actually, like, expect me to come into the office, do you? Well, how do you expect to get any work done, labor done, stuff done at the factory without coming into the factory? Oh, so this is like a job job. Yeah, that might be a deal breaker for me. Uh, also, I didn't notice any meditation rooms when I came in. Do you guys have any gurus on site, or is it more like a BYOG type situation? BYO what? Also, I didn't see a QR code for your lunch menu, but I assume your shrimp is non-GMO and cage-free. Shrimp? Where'd you get shrimp? We don't have any shrimp. Hey, sorry to interrupt, boss. Pneumatic drill is on the fritz again. I need to go pick up some parts. I'll be back in five. Ugh! What was on his hand? Uh, it was grease. How did it get there? Because he worked, does stuff, engages in manual labor. Okay, that's it. I can't do this. I'm sorry, Mr. Dunsonson. We've decided to go in a different direction. All right, well, I'm sorry to hear that, miss. Nope. 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 Yeah, she couldn't handle the fact that he had grease on his hands. Basically, that's what that was all about. All right, so Babylon B already, and I think right on point with that and more like that, will be appearing on Twitter. About Twitter and about the employees that have left Twitter. Now, I guarantee you this. There's a lot of Twitter employees, just like actors, that have said, I quit. That's it. I quit. But secretly, they're still hanging around to watch, to find out who cares that they quit and what people are saying about them. Oh, no, they can't just quit, put it down, and walk away. No, no, no. It will drive them crazy. Well, after I left, what did they say? What did they do? They still talking about me now? And if nobody's talking about them, then they're really going to be upset. 642, wake up, Wyoming. This weather up. I'm Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. Six forty-eight. It's the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Now, normally at this time, I better explain the situation I'm in. See, Miss Mary is out for the day, and so is most of the staff. Because we're coming up on a holiday here. I mean, you know, Thanksgiving, all of that on Thursday. DJ Nike is in the building, and this is a pretty good sized building. It's him and I right now. There's nobody else here, and usually at this time of the morning. There's my radio show, and there's some other radio shows going on in the building as well. And Miss Mary is here, and Frank Gambino's here, and you know. So at this time of the morning, there's quite a few people in the building actually getting work done. But since we're getting in on the holidays now, so it's me, it's DJ Nike down the hallway. He's putting his morning show together, and that's it. Even Frank went home to Chicago, where his family is. For the holiday. So I get to this point, and it suddenly strikes me as we're coming up on this sports segment here. Oh, that's right. I've got a few days to fill in. Okay. And so the last time I did this, I got to remember to do this for the rest of the, the week here, including today, but the rest of the week. 
What I did was I found sports things that I could play for you guys that had actually nothing to do. I still have that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. To fill in, because you know, when it comes to sports, I don't know what I'm doing. Now there's George Carlin. We can always play him. Yeah, here we go. Carlin on sports. Or maybe not. Maybe things don't... I see what's going on here. Hang on a second. Pop that button over here. You see what happens when everybody leaves me alone? Baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. (laughs) Baseball is played in a park. The baseball park. Football is played in a stadium sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. Baseball begins in the spring, the season of new life. Football begins in the fall when everything is dying. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. Football is concerned with downs. What down is it? Baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? Are you up? I'm not up. He's up. In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops! In football, in baseball, the special... In football... The specialist comes in to kick something. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve somebody. Football has hitting, clipping, spearing, piling on, personal fouls, late hitting, and unnecessary roughness. Baseball has the sacrifice. Football is played in any kind of weather. Rain, snow, sleet, hail, fog. Can't see the game. Don't know if there is a game going on. Mud on the field. Can't read the uniforms. Can't read the yard markers. The struggle will continue. In baseball, if it rains, we don't go out to play. I can't go out. It's raining out. Baseball has the seventh-inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. (laughs) Baseball during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not that much unpleasantness. In football during the game in the stands, you can be sure that at least 27 times you are perfectly capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. (laughs) Preferably a stranger. (laughs) And finally, the objectives of the games are completely different. In football, the object is for the quarterback, sometimes called the field general, to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack which punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home and to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. One thing that I've talked to Frank about this, too, that I've never understood about baseball is, okay, so some bad weather. It's raining. Got to bring the tarp out and cover the field, and everybody gets in the dugouts because it's raining out there. See, football, I'm not even a sports fan, and I know football just seems to be more fun to watch when the weather is really lousy. I know it's harder on the players out there, but don't you just love them 
getting all filthy, muddy, sliding around, slamming into each other. It's just more fun that way. And I'm thinking baseball would be more fun that way. Do you imagine some guy sliding into home plate? And because of the mud, he slides right past home plate and into the opposing player's dugout. So you, you would pay extra, I'm sure, to see that, wouldn't you? I would. And I don't even watch sports, but I'd pay for that. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Monday and Thanksgiving just right around the corner, which I have been encouraging people. Those turkeys that are in your neighborhoods here in Wyoming. Now, turkeys are not indigenous to Wyoming. They were brought here so people could go hunting. And where has that gotten us? Yeah. Some neighborhoods around Wyoming, they have turkeys running around. And the people in those neighborhoods can attest the turkeys are just jerks. So feel free, since there seems to be apparently a turkey shortage at the grocery store, just go ahead and kill the turkeys in your neighborhood and use them. Strangle them with your bare hands if you have to. Whatever. Your neighbors will thank you. All right. No phones open today. I am left unsupervised. Miss Mary is out. Frank Gambino is out. Yeah, there's one other person in this building with me. So, (laughs) let's have fun. Now, this story that I have for you. I thought we were past this, and I'm really sorry to see this happen. Some years ago, when I first came to Wyoming, it was at the time illegal to do things like sell raw milk. Or if you had eggs, you got chickens, you got eggs, can't sell them. What about other products that you might make at home? Homemade bread, homemade peanut butter, things like this. No, you can't just make that stuff yourself and then go sell it. In fact, at one point, and this is where I've complained to the Wyoming legislative body about this, we almost lost our farmer's markets because they had passed a law where they just wanted to make sure that food in Wyoming was safe. That was basically the outline of the law. And the law was written in such a way to tell the bureaucracy here in Wyoming, now you go write the rules to make that happen. Basically, they're having the bureaucracy write the law. Well, you see what happens then. All they do is sit around adding to it, adding to it, to the point that we almost lost our farmer's markets here in Wyoming. And there's a few restaurants around Wyoming, nice restaurants, that in the back of the restaurant, if you go out back, you'll find a garden out there. And they were growing vegetables, fruits and vegetables, to bring inside to feed it to the customers. That almost went away, too. So the Wyoming legislator had to fight to undo their own mistake of allowing the bureaucracy to write the law. Never do that. Now, I used to get a call 
from a guy who called himself the milk bootlegger. And he literally was. He would go to South Dakota and load up on raw milk and smuggle it in the trunk of his car back into Wyoming and give it out. I don't know if he sold it or not, but he was smuggling it back into Wyoming. That's milk bootlegging. He could have gotten in trouble for that. He would call the program because at the time, the Wyoming Food Freedom Act was being offered. And I was one of those on the air saying, we need to do this, people. We really need to do this. It was passed. And after it was passed, I no longer got calls from the milk bootlegger because he didn't need to bootleg milk anymore. In this case, if you if you have a cow, you milk it, and you want to go sell it that milk to somebody, you go ahead. It's just understood that anyone purchasing the milk knows that came direct from the cow. Now, we had long discussions as to whether raw milk was better for you or the kind in the grocery store is better for you. There's whole long discussions and debate about that. But it really came down to let people make their own decisions. Now, some people are all worried, but what if somebody makes the wrong decision? That's theirs to make. And wrong decision in your opinion, but that's their decision to make. Now, after we passed the Food Freedom Act in Wyoming, other states started to follow us. There's now several states that have the same basic law that we pass, allowing people to do something that should be an American right, really. Your neighbor has eggs, you want to buy them, buy them. Or if you want to sell those eggs, same thing with uh, meat and, you know, whatever else, right? All right. I thought we were past all of this. From Cowboy State Daily, Wyoming Ag Department could stop gray market milk sales in Riverton. Farmers are protesting. The frozen yak meat, dried mushrooms, and screaming baby hot sauce is what it's called, are legal to sell. But raw milk, they say, is a gray area. See, again, we settled this. What is going on? In fact, there was even a case in Gillette where some federal agents had showed up to try to stop. After Wyoming passed the Food Freedom Act, some federal agents had shown up to try to put a stop to it. And they were basically run out. So that didn't happen. All right. Story says it's been six weeks since the Fremont local market in Riverton opened, giving the town's uh, farmers uh, the, uh, well, it's because they don't have brick and mortar stores, really, a unique way to sell homegrown goods. But, of course, the story says controversy wasn't far behind. All of this is shelf-stable, said the market owner gesturing at sauerkraut, hot sauce, candies, dried mushrooms. But the raw milk produced on a farm nearby, well, representatives from the Wyoming Department of Agriculture are slated to visit the store Monday to discuss whether the milk can be sold in the store. The place has a, uh, now this is a brick and mortar store. Gillette has one of these. This is a brick and mortar store and people who make stuff at home can just go sell it in the store. Kind of like a consignment thing, right? In fact, one of the things I found in Gillette, there was a guy who makes homemade peanut butter, which is really good. And he just goes to the store and puts it up there and people buy his homemade peanut butter. Whatever you want to do, right? So this place has been uh, 
impaling the store's refrigerated milk along with their contact information so that buyers can leave cash on the pail in an honor system for taking milk from the store. It's illegal to sell raw milk and other non-shelf-stable foods using a middleman. The law requires that the farmers sell the milk himself. So this is where we get into some technical little detail here. So, And this is the kind of stuff that I would like to see just go away. So the way the Food Freedom Act ended up working was if the farmer milks the cow, puts it in a jar for you, hands you the jar, you can buy it. But if the farmer then takes those jars of milk and goes to a little retail store like this and puts it on consignment, no. You see where, again, I have a problem with this. And why not? All right, here's a quote. We're hoping it can be there can be a workaround, said the, uh, well, okay, he voiced interest. The gentleman here that they're interviewing who owns a store is talking about maybe the next legislative session they could change the law. They've been selling their milk to Fremont County residents since 2016, one year after the Food Freedom Act passed. The Food Freedom Act was designed to expand small businesses and local food production. So it looks to me like this is just a little something in the law, like a line in the law, a technicality that's in there that needs to be removed. Lawmakers amended the 2020 Act to mandate foods that aren't shelf-stable can be sold using a middleman, but only the products, uh, only the producer may sell those foods. In this, again, you're, you're getting very technical with the language we are at this point, right? So, okay, uh, the Thornburgs make a 20-mile trip to town multiple times per month to meet with customers in parking lots at farmer's markets. That they can do. But again, put it in that store and a third-party thing, and that's not okay. Grant said the honor pay may not fulfill the law's requirement of a direct sale between producer and customer. So they tried to work around it, the law, where instead of the owner of the store selling the milk and then... You know, again, it's like a consignment thing. That would be a third party. So instead, we'll just put the pail of milk over here, and you just leave the money out. There now, now the owner of the store is not involved, right? See, you're getting really technical with this. Just remove the language. Residents from the department visited the store earlier this month to inspect meat products sold there, such as yak meat beef, and to help the store get licensed to sell meat products. They say the store will soon be licensed to sell all meat within it. During that inspection, the state employees discovered raw milk being sold, and that's where the whole problem came up. We haven't been issued any fines. We haven't uh, for quite some time, Grant said. Our goal is to make sure that people are operating under statute and rule, and it's safe for producers and customers alike. I understand. Look, the, the only thing I would worry about when it comes to safety and something like this is let's make sure it is stored properly. All right, so there's no problems there. That that would be about it, make sure it's stored properly. 
but how many people it might go through or how it says it goes directly through the store or in the owner of the store or are they trying to get around that by saying leave milk on the barrel so that way the store owner is not involved all that kind of stuff gets just gets into nonsense just make sure it's stored safely and let people buy what they want to buy When I come back, I haven't told this story in a while. There's a woman in North Carolina that I used to buy lunch from, and they had to shut her down. A little old lady. I'll tell you about it in just a moment. Oh, NJ Cat from Mills. How about the Energy Freedom Act? Coal and gas and refine, use it. <laughs> yeah, you make it on your own, use it on your own. You know, I've actually thought about that. What if you wanted to build a small refinery in your backyard and just sell it in your local neighborhood? Could you? You should be able to. Bet you can't. 718, wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Seven twenty-three is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So I was just telling the story about. Uh, make sure I get the town right of it. It's saying uh, Rock Springs. I just want to believe I was. So this is where, and it's a technicality. Somebody wants to sell milk, and it's okay in Wyoming if you buy the milk directly from the farmer. He milks the cow, hands you the bottle of milk. You pay him. You're good. Or if he goes to a farmer's market and sells it directly, okay. But for some reason, the state decided to put in the law, yeah, but no third-party sales, which I look at and think, as long as it's stored safely, so what? If somebody wants to drink raw milk and it's stored safely, so what? So this is where the store was doing a third-party thing where, okay, we won't go through the store technically, just leave the milk on, the money on the barrel of the milk there, you know, and take the milk and leave it there on the honor system. That way, the owner of the store is not involved. And basically, the state showed up to inspect a few things and went, okay, can't do that. So I think the law at this point needs to be fixed, amended, that taken out. So it can happen. Again, as long as it's stored safely. Now, Joey's in Pine Bluff. Seems to me those inspectors can be used to drive snowplows and actually be useful. Okay. Stacy in Wheatland. Now, I haven't done something like this in a while. Pardon me while you hear this on air. Eh, there we go. This is me giving Stacy a call. I don't have Miss Mary, so I have to do this myself. Uh, let's see... You hear me dial in there, Stacy? <laughs> okay, let's see. Now, if I didn't dial her number correctly, this is going to be really awkward. But if I'm doing this right, then there's Stacy's phone ringing. And she's over in Wheatland, Wyoming. And had a story about making baked goods. And I have heard these stories before. Uh, she was creating cookie art. She lives in Wheatland. Does not permit her to ship it. 
Okay, let me go ahead and try that one more time. Okay, I hung up on her. And I'm going to try one more time over here because I want to get... I'm sorry I have to do this on the air like this, folks. But um, here we go. Don't memorize these beeps, okay? Two. Okay, that's me trying back, Stacy. And... Yeah. Let's see if her phone actually rings this time. I could have been calling somebody like who knows who. And again, it would have been really awkward, especially if I was just waking somebody up, which is probably what I was actually doing there. Mm, not getting through Hello? to her. There, is this Stacy? Yes, sir. This is Glenn Woods. Hi, how are you Good. today? Good. I'm sorry, I didn't have Miss Mary to go ahead and set the call up, but I wanted to talk to you about this. So you are making some goodies and you're not allowed to ship them? Yes, the Wyoming Food Freedom Act doesn't allow me to ship my products, but I wanted to share my cookies with you. Interesting. Now, why can't you ship your products, do they say? They don't say. It just says that I can sell through third-party distributors, like if I take them to Simply Creative, or actually I've been working with the people at the Tri-County Mercantile in Chugwater, right. and they are going to start offering my products, but I wanted to... Um, give it to you because I listen to your radio program when I make my art on cookies and stuff. And so I just oh. thought, I'm like, oh, I should share one with one. I would appreciate that, really. But it gets it kind of boggles my mind and no explanation as to why you can't ship them. Because if I can walk into a store and there they are packaged, why would it be bad to take the same package and put it in the box and send it by mail? I don't understand. Yeah. All I know is that I'm not allowed to sell my products in like Nebraska or Colorado right. or outside of Wyoming. Okay. And I have to give them to the um, customer directly. Yeah. Or if they are like at Thrifty Foods in Wheatland or Simply Creative or whatnot, then they would have to be in a separate basket marked that they are made in a home kitchen and not right. inspected and okay. stuff like that. And so there's lots of little details to follow. Yeah. And so I try to get it all right, but I know that I cannot ship it to you okay. wherever you are. And I wanted to be able to get it to you and discuss with well, you if you could pick it up at the Tri-County Mercantile or if we could meet somewhere or uh, I, I, something I, like that. Well, um, Tri-County Mercantile sounds like a pretty good one to me. I can go ahead and send me a note and I'll know when to stop by and go ahead and pick it up. And I appreciate that. You're, you're making okay. me fat, you know. You understand that. I'm trying to lose this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, oh, you can't well. do that. If you wanted to make cookies and sell them for a church social, you can do that because it's a nonprofit. But there was a rule not long ago, but as soon as you wanted to sell them for profit, then it was illegal. Same cookies. Same cookies. But when I started creating cookie art as yeah. a business instead of a hobby, when right. that changed... yeah. All of a sudden, we're allowed all the rules to create changing. due to copyrights and trademarks as right. well. Okay. So the things that you can do for personal use to like yeah. give away for a birthday party or whatever and create little Mickey Mouse cookies, yeah. can't touch that no more. And okay. I I tell people straight up that I don't do copyright designs. Yeah, for that reason. I got to run to news time. Send me the info and I'll go pick them up. Thank you for doing that for me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. Mm -hmm. Bye. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. 
7.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, so real quick on the food freedom thing. If you're just joining me, yeah, it's a, a store in Wyoming, among many, where you can go ahead and buy stuff direct from the farm or someone's kitchen for that matter. And all they do, and I think this is reasonable, is they would have a notice up somewhere, a sign, whatever. Just so you know, this was made in somebody's home kitchen. Like the conversation I just had with Stacey there. Made in a home kitchen somewhere. Not a kitchen that is approved with all... Because if you try to get a kitchen just to, let's say, bake goods and sell them that was approved by the government, that's going to be expensive. But what if you're just making some baked goods at home and you want to sell them on the side? Well, that's not an official approved kitchen. Well, I'm okay with that. Are you? This is where I wanted to tell you the story of something that happened to me quite a few years ago. I was living in North Carolina. And on my way to work every day, I'd stop by a convenience store. And there was a little old lady who was making bag lunches, literally in a brown paper bag. They'd be up there by the register. Now, what was in the bag, I mean, it was written on the side, but I didn't care. I, I potluck for me. I grabbed whatever bag. It was always good. It was a sandwich of many different varieties. Depends on what she was making that day, mostly. But it could be like a chicken salad or a tuna salad or maybe just some other kind of meat, whatever. But usually some kind of a salad, chicken or tuna or egg salad or something like that. Usually is what she did. The bread was homemade. There would always be some kind of a treat, like a cookie or a brownie, homemade. Piece of fruit, a banana, an apple, something like that. And that was what was in the bag every day. So for lunch, for work, I just grabbed one of those brown bags. Now, this was made by a li- literally a little old lady who lived just up the hill from the convenience store. She was on Social Security. She needed a little extra money. So she made these bag lunches and brought them to the convenience store, and they sold them for her on consignment. There, that's some extra income. So she's happy because she's making the extra money she needs. And her customers like me, I'm happy, so is everybody else, because we get grandma making us lunch every day. Oh, it was a great deal. Everybody was happy. And one day I showed up, and there were no more brown bags there, no more lunch. What happened to her? Is she okay? Is she did did grandma die? No. Uh government came in, told her she couldn't do that anymore. Because her kitchen was not some official kitchen, you know, with all of the official range ovens and all this other kind of stuff in order to make everything safe. Now I was one of those at the time that fought with the government to have that law changed. And I did the same thing when I moved here to Wyoming. Just put a sign up to let people like me know that this was made in just an average kitchen that was never inspected by any health inspector. Now, if you're okay with that, the government washes its hands, okay? If if you eat something and get sick, that's on you because you said you were okay with that. And I, I was okay with that. Let, let her get back to making her food again. Now, some of you would look and go, I don't trust it. That is your call, and you're allowed to make that decision. And that's the same thing with the Wyoming Food Freedom Act. Some of the rules get so stupid, really, honestly, just dumb. You can go ahead in some places around the country and bake cookies and give them to people. 
that's okay. You can bake cookies and sell them as a bake sale for a school project or your church to raise money for a nonprofit organization. That's okay. But as soon as you bake those same exact cookies and deliver them in the same exact way, but you're making a profit off of it, no, you can't do that. No, then government shows up and shuts you down. You see the problem that we have here, and the difference is what? This is one of the reasons I liked when Uber and Lyft came along for automobiles. Why is it that someone who owns a car can't just go out and make a little extra money on the side giving people rides like a taxi service? Well, look, if you asked me to drive you cross town, and I did, that's okay. But if you hand me money for that at the time, that was illegal. And the same thing goes for owners of small airplanes. So, okay, some guy owns a Cessna 172, a little four-seater top-wing thing, right? And you want to go, you need to go to Cody, Wyoming. And he flies you there. He can do that. But the moment you pay him for that, not, uh-uh, you can't, that's illegal. Unless he gets all of these extra licenses and certifications and so on. You see the problem here. And this comes down to, as the passenger, you understood what you were getting into and you were okay with it. It's a private deal that's being made. A lot of these rules just get absolutely absurd. And if you want to know what prevents our economy from growing, that would be it. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite? Start the morning. News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, Don, I actually enjoyed the weekend. Bit on the breezy side. I get that cold makes it kind of you know outside, but still nice weekend. And it looks like it just what does it just continue into this week? Yeah, for today and tomorrow, we okay. we do need to to bring up that there's a little bump in the road on Wednesday. We do have a fast moving Pacific front. That's going to come in Wednesday, and it's going to bring some snow to the mountains and the mountain passes. It's going to maybe produce some snow showers on the plains as well. So while today and tomorrow, Glenn, nothing going on, we have this system on Wednesday. And it's kind of important because Wednesday's a day where a lot of folks will be traveling. And I do see just enough snow shower activity to cause some slick roads and mountain passes especially. You see what Canada does? You see what they did there? They know this is our holiday. They know this. (laughs) And so they plan it right for that day when everybody's going to Grandma's house. Well, there you go. That's why I play that Canada song whenever I do. Now, when when we go through the week like this, I mean, after that little bump in the road, it looks to me like, again, it's just sunny. Is it breezy out there? A little bit. It'll be a little colder behind the front for Thanksgiving Day. For Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, and Friday, it'll be cool and breezy but dry. Mm -hmm. There's another quick moving front that could come through on Saturday. Right. Um, So we have two systems this week, both quick moving, but both could bring snow showers. In the big picture, though... For this Thanksgiving week through Thanksgiving week, and there's nothing really big looming. We just have to watch out for these two quick moving fronts. Okay, and that seems to be the trend throughout this entire season so far. Is there's just been a lot of little things that have been flung our way one after the next. People are still waiting for the big one. 
Yeah, well, keep saying keep it enough. You'll, you okay. will conjure it up. Sooner or later. That, no, so it's my fault now, is it there? Okay. So, all right. Now, it, it seems like we've got some uh, nice days again. Been on the breezy side, and we're staying, what, in like 30s and 40s pretty much? Right. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're going to be just a little bit below average today and tomorrow. Average highs, mid-40s this time of year. We're not going to be far from that. So, right. on the big picture, it's really not bad. All right. Thank you, Don. So, again, you see what happens there. This is where you blame Canada for this, right? Because Canada knows that we are waiting for Thanksgiving, and that's when they have the next snowstorm coming. Did you hear that, Dave? Yes. I did. Okay. I that's I have that song, Blame Canada, that I play on occasion. I love it, by the way. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you see why I don't like those Canucks, because they know this is coming. <laughs> All right. I have a video that I think you would really enjoy. I just posted this on the Wake Up Wyoming website. We go to Kalamazoo, right? And there's some kids that are on a school bus. The school bus has chains on the tires, and it is stuck in the snow. (laughs) So the bus driver starts to rock the bus back and forth to try to get it going. And the kids on the school bus decide to help. And you get to watch all of the kids having a great time rocking back and forth in unison to unstick the bus. Oh, boy. Yeah. Have you ever had to go through anything like this as a kid? Um, no. Okay. But I have as an adult on more than one occasion yeah. um, in my broadcasting career used to travel with uh, the team uh, every once in a while. And there were a couple of times where driving in a snowstorm, like something happened where back in kind of the engine area, the bus got just clogged with snow that was oh, picking yeah. up from the tires. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay. it stalled out. So there was one time we were kind of in a blizzard coming back from Gillette going to Douglas. And we ended up transferring a bunch of the kids and everybody. And there was like the head coach, an assistant myself and maybe one or two other people on the bus who were going like 20 miles an hour it was ridiculous oh, okay now see because i grew up on tropical islands you remember sanibel captiva islands that were hit by hurricane ian those are my hometowns right. right right but now my bus driver was completely different we never had to put up with the winter storms that you did however you have you ever watched the simpson their bus driver no i have not okay uh their bus driver is sort of like a hippie dude Right. Who you know has gotten speeding tickets while driving the school bus. There you go. Okay. What I laughed about when I first saw that character on The Simpsons was that was my dr- bus driver. Looked oh. like him, talked like him, drove a school bus because there was no way he could possibly hold, with all due respect to school bus <laughs> drivers, it was either that or be a Walmart greeter. He had nowhere else to go at that point. And there were times that we were wondering as we were heading to or from school, especially from school, is he going to get pulled over for a speeding ticket? Because his foot's really heavy on the gas pedal here. We are passing people <laughs> in a school bus, just blowing by people. That was my bus driver. But I never had what I saw those kids doing, rocking back and forth. You know, they're going to be talking about this for the rest of their lives. You understand that? Yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah they will. I, I've never experienced quite a bus driver like that, but I've, right. I've had some uh, speed demons every once in a while. Yeah, yeah go with it's sports. Okay for me. Yeah. It, it makes it make the fun on a bus driver. All right, thank you very much, Glenn. Well, the Wyoming Cowboy football team came oh so close, but in the end, it was turnovers that plagued Wyoming in a 20-17 to loss to Boise State with a shot at the Mountain Division lead on the line. The Cowboys fall short. 
jumped out to a 10-0 lead, led 10-6 at halftime. Boise State took their first lead with five minutes to go in the third quarter, but the Cowboys would answer back late in the third on an 83-yard touchdown run by Titus Swin. They're up 17-13. Boise State gets a touchdown pass mid-fourth quarter, and then the fun began. Cowboys threw an interception, but then forced a fumble. Devon Harris returns it 44 yards on the next offensive play. The Cowboys throw another interception. That's how the game ends for Wyoming, and they lose 20-17 to after the game. Wyoming head coach Craig Bowles said there's tons of emotions. You've got a bunch of guys in that locker room who are uh, upset, hurt, coaches, me. Um, I, I want to be clear on this, that I gave the green light on that play. Did it come out and was it executed the way we thought it would be? No, obviously not. But I gave Tim the light to say, okay, take one shot. Let's try to score. We don't have it, then we're going to kick a field goal. So that's that was the logic in it. Jaden's going to learn. He's talking about Jaden Clemens, the quarterback, who went just 3 of 16 with three interceptions, only 30 yards passing. It's not going to get it done for you. Wyoming did get 212 yards rushing from Titus Swin, but they fall short. Pokes now 7-4 and four overall, 5-2 and two in the conference. Wrap up the regular season at Fresno State Friday night, 8 p.m. kickoff. Listen to it on K2 and Casper, KUWB and Laramie. Men's basketball team has split their first two games at the U.S. Virgin Islands Paradise Jam Tournament so far. They beat Howard 78-71 behind 28 points from Hunter Maldonado on Friday. Lost in the semifinals to Drake yesterday, 61-56. Maldonado had 20 points and five rebounds. Xavier Ducell hit four threes and had 13 points. They will play Boston College in the third-place game at 345 this afternoon. Listen to that game on K2 and Casper, 195 in Laramie. Women's basketball picked up the first win in the Heather Zell era on Friday night. They blew out Denver 68-45. to Quinn Weideman had 18 points. Allison Furtick, 13 points and 21 rebounds. That's a career high. And uh, Wyoming women's basketball, Cowgirls will host Regis Tuesday at 11 a.m. as part of Education Day. In the NFL yesterday, the Broncos lost in overtime 22-16 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Dropped the three and seven on the season. Russell Wilson threw for 247 yards, one of his better days. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, it's the sixth one score loss of the season for the Broncos. And the Bills won in Detroit over the Browns 31 23. Former Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen, 18 of 27, 197 yards passing, one touchdown. The Bills had two TDs and six field goals, and they're back in Detroit to play the Lions on Thanksgiving, and that's your sports this hour. See, Frank said that UW had that game, which is why I say go to Vegas. Anything that Frank says, vote. just bet the opposite. You'll be See, I don't rich. know if he said they had the game. Yeah. He felt confident, and I felt confident, okay. except for a little play calling. All right. Thank you, Dave. We'll do it again next hour. Let's wake up, Wyoming. the time it's wake up my own my name is glenn woods thanks for joining me it's a monday i am here unsupervised miss mary is out no phones right now just me you if you want to drop me a note and a lot morning grandpa rich by the way i see the pictures he always sends me every single morning he is sending me uh, pictures off of the app and you can send pictures and links and texts 
Use the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just hit chat. And that's how these people are communicating with me. So I'm answering back. So, okay, uh, a couple of the other stories I have. First off, just, just tossing this out there. The new boss at CNN has spoken. No more drunk CNN hosts on New Year's Eve. Apparently, they've had some problems at some parties or something like that. Okay. So, uh, let me see. Uh, Lemon, he's a co-host. Brooke Baldwin. I don't know most of these people. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch any of them right now, really. Now departed from CNN has been something that has gained a lot of traction in social media. Okay, plenty of chatter. CNN's New Year's Eve coverage isn't the most watched thing on TV at night, the story says. Ryan Seacrest's ABC program typically is much bigger with TV crowds, but has become part of the holiday. So Anderson Cooper held New Year's Eve duties for a very long time as ABC host, and has had different co-hosts with him, right? New Year's Eve, often too difficult, too stressful to get everything done. They're a bit tired of people showing up, basically, to do this program. And they're a bit toasted. Because, you know, New Year's. So, during this uh, TV broadcast, as well as their parties, that go along with it. No more drunk hosts on CNN. Which I'm thinking, it's a, to watch somebody get just toasted and then try to host CNN New Year's Eve party at Times Square is probably the only reason to watch CNN. I can't think of any other reason. All right. Now, another one, just in the entertainment industry, which I don't normally watch stuff like this, but I did think this was from a business point of view kind of interesting because part of the reason this is happening, Disney just got rid of their CEO and brought back the old one. Story says, it's a matter of why. Former Walt Disney chief executive Bob Iger is returning to the media company. The company's board said in a statement on Sunday, Iger, who retired from Disney at the end of last year after 15 years as chief executive, has agreed to serve as CEO for two more years, will replace Bob Chappick, who took over Disney in 2020. While the announcement shocked the media industry, it comes, of course, great time of evolution. It talks about what what they've been doing. Here, basically, though, without getting into all the details, and it's not just Disney, the parks. When they have two parks in the U.S., they've got a few abroad. Okay, you can go to Europe and go to a Disney, you know. But it's not just the parks. Of course, they have movies, television channels, and on and on it goes. Disney's into so many things. And I can understand a downturn. They hired this guy, the new guy, at the beginning of 2020, just when COVID hit. And everything just slowed down. And as we're trying to get out of the whole, well, we're economically not doing great. Inflation problems, things like that. So people are not vacationing as much. But it's also a problem with their movies, again, television shows, and other things that they produce and put out there. So some of it you can say, well, just in in general, economically, they're going to have some problems during this time. That poor new CEO showed up right at the beginning, right when COVID was hitting, and we've been struggling ever since. Okay, I can give him some credit for that, but, and you tell me if I'm off base with this. I have just decided 
not to participate in a lot of things that Disney has gotten into in the past couple of years. I'm not boycotting Disney, but there's several things that have come along that I went, eh, forget it. Because they had to go woke. To me, realize, of course, I grew up in Florida. Going to Disney was a normal thing. It's just up the road. Well, a few hours up the road for me, but still. And I would go to Disney and I have a great time. Love the parks. Have loved their movies. They put out so many great movies over the years of all sorts of different kinds. But I did it for the entertainment value. I just wanted a break and I wanted to have some fun and be entertained. And so I went to Disney to do it. Whether I was going to the park or going to the movie theater or turning on some television show, I went to Disney because it was fun. And I wanted to get away from it all. Now, Pixar came around, and Disney, now it's, you know, Disney Pixar. And they decided to continue on with the Toy Story movie, as an example, which I'm okay with. Because Toy Story series was a great series of movies. Pixar, really, man, that was some interesting innovation that they did when they came out with the original Toy Story. And Toy Story 2 was really great. So they decided to do a Buzz Lightyear movie. And I'm thinking, oh, that sounds cool. Let's do a Buzz Lightyear movie. Because everybody loves the character of Buzz Lightyear. And they're actually going to have an outer space adventure thing, right? But then it starts getting out that they're going to get all woke with it. Which means they're going to be preaching at us, Storm is saying. And at that point, I don't care what they're preaching. I'm not interested. I wanted to be entertained. This is a lot like for those of you who are football fans, and next thing you know, here's athletes taking a knee and other such protests during the national anthem, stuff like that. And I'd said at the time, I'm not a sports fan, but you friends of mine that are sports fans, I know why you go. Just to get away from it all for a while. Just to go relax and be entertained and have a good time and not have to worry about your life or anything else. There's a time that you have to turn it off and put it away. And so that's one of the reasons that people go to sporting events, which are, it's that's entertainment. Sporting events are entertainment. You go to be entertained. The last thing you want to do is have someone in your face with whatever the opinion is. Doesn't matter what the opinion is. Somebody's in your face with their opinion. Is that why you're there? No, you wanted to put it away for a while. And so even some, it depends on which industry we're talking about here, but in many cases, basketball, football, et cetera, et cetera, started to notice the problem that they had with getting, again, all woke and preachy at people. It loses customers. Because that's not why people showed up. So while the CEO of Disney, I understand, I'll give him a little slack because he stepped into the position right at the beginning of COVID. And then we've been having economic problems ever since. Thank our current president and Congress for that. And so he's had to deal with all of that. And I get the downturn part, but I also understand there's a lot of people who just stepped away from Disney going, you know, never mind. 
I just wanted to be entertained. Now you got to shove this in my face. That's not why I showed up. That's not. I'll go somewhere else to be entertained where I don't have to put up with this. So I wonder, with the old CEO coming back, do you think he gets it? Has Disney learned its lesson yet? Some movie and television show makers out there have. Some have. 815, Wake Up Wyoming. Here's your morning update. Quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. So we have Milo there in Fort Danger. Yes, we had to cancel Disney due to the wokeness. Just didn't want to support stupid. Yeah, I understand that. In fact, I know quite a few people who dropped Disney on television, but also other Disney things because, okay, I just don't want to get into the whole thing. I just came here to be entertained. And so that part of it is really what I'm trying to drive home here. It's not a matter of whether you agree or disagree with their point of view. That has nothing to do with it. You you went to Disney to put it away for a while. I've met people from all sorts of different points of view who just had enough because I just came here to escape. I needed to relax, get out of my face. And there are some in, again, movie, television, many other industries. Even in the food industry, you go to buy certain foods, they have to virtue signal and people get sick of it. And they walk away. Enough. Just leave me alone. Get a lot of that. Now get a load of this. Pentagon promotes critical race theory, gender identity, insanity, according to a GOP report. Now, what is the purpose of the military? I like what Rush Limbaugh used to say. Purpose of the military is to kill people and break things. Well, yeah, that is what they do, right, in order to defend our country and other, in other countries as well. They go in there as a force, and they're supposed to kill people and break stuff in order to stop whatever bad thing is happening. And so you need people who are trained to do that and well-motivated. Those of you who spent time in the military knew what it was like to go through boot camp as they basically would break people down, I mean, tear them down at the beginning of the boot camp and then put them back together again. And when they were done, you had some hardcore person who was motivated and knew how to work as a team. Hardcore people who were motivated, teamwork, things like that. You in the military know exactly what I'm talking about. And there was a purpose to the military. All right, here's the story. Biden administration has lost an extensive diversity and equality initiatives into the military that has been polarized. The elements of critical race theory, gender identity, significant weakness to the U.S. armed forces, according to a report obtained exclusively, our military has a singular purpose to provide for the common defense. This is a quote. Uh, this report says it's, it cannot be turned into a left-wing social experiment. It cannot be used as a, well, against America itself. It cannot be uh, paralyzed by fear of offending other people's sensibilities. The world is a dangerous place. The Biden administration is instantly eroding our greatest source of ensuring it. And, and there's the thing. Part of the government does not really have a whole lot of jobs. Honestly speaking, government, there's a reason I say this all the time. Government should not be in charge of much. 
You can see why. When they do take over something, they just make a mess out of it. One of the few jobs that they have is to make sure that you and I are protected. It's one of the few jobs that we give them. Make sure that we are protected. We live in a bubble of freedom. No outside source is going to come in and take us over. You are safe from outside tyranny because we have this military. And to their credit, our government has allowed the military system, funded it well, and allowed it to become the most powerful military in the history of the human race. The world has never seen anything like this. It's amazing what we can do these days. So what then? Go ahead and change With all of this success, go ahead and change it. And change the focus of the military because military should be singularly focused. In fact, I remember hearing a story. There was... Um, this, this goes way back, but there was a young man. I'm saying this is like in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, when I was listening to some people talking about the Young man had joined the military, and he was from some southern state where he was raised in an area where there was a lot of racial prejudice. And when he got into boot camp, his sergeant was a black man. And this young man went and complained, I'm sorry, but the way I was raised, I can't go taking orders from that guy. And he was told, that man's race doesn't matter. He's your sergeant. Get back in line. Well, that was the end of that. That settled it. Doesn't matter what the man's race is. You see the rank on him? Okay. Is it above yours? Is he your sergeant? You do what he says. That's it. You just, you just put that away. You're here for a single purpose. To be a soldier, that's what you do. And the rest of this doesn't matter. Focus on your job. And your job is to get well-trained to defend this country. And you don't do anything else. So to get us in a military where now we have to worry about all of these things, critical race theory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The report from Senator Marco Rubio, Florida, and Representative Chip Roy, Republican Texas, details how the military has allocated resources to root out extremism within its ranks as it promotes predominantly left-wing ideas on race and gender. This includes documentation on how military employees promote critical race theory and espouse anti-white views. Again, this is a report put out by Senator Marco Rubio and Representative Chip Roy. For example, less than a month after his appointment by President Biden, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin directed commanding officers and supervisors at all levels to schedule discussions on extremisms. However, a report from the Biden administration countering extremism work activity group later identified fewer than 100 cases of extremism out of the 2.1 million active forces. So that is 0.005%. So because of that, everybody has to go to these classes because out of 2.1 million people, there's 100 that were identified Everybody has to go to these classes instead of just dealing with those 100 people. Right? The report found that instructors at military academies use anti-racist approaches. Well, here again, I, what they really – they're, again, looking for extremism. So what they should be doing is focusing on the job. 
and nothing else. This to me is to give you, and I don't, I know you don't need a side example of this, but I think this might be a good one. What you need to do is a lot like what they do if you were to get a job or, I'm sorry, go to school at a school where you would learn a skill. Like you're going to learn to be a welder, for example. One of those kinds of places where you're going to be learning any kind of a skill. You're going to learn to be a mechanic. Okay, Go to one of those schools, some kind of a technical school. All they do there is just teach the skill. If you're going to be a welder, they're going to teach you just welding. That's all they do is teach you welding. Want to be an electrician? That's what your class – every day when you show up for class, it focuses on one thing. You're an electrician. Here's what you do. And all of the rest of it doesn't matter. You're focused on the job. And if anybody starts acting out in any way where they're uh, – whether it's they have a problem with somebody else's sexuality or somebody else's race and so on, they're told they, if they want to stay in the school, they need to put it away because – they focus on one thing. Whatever the class is there to teach, that's what they focus on. And anything else needs to be left at the door. Put it away. Throw it away for that matter. But it doesn't belong here. Get your job done. And that's what the military needs to get back to. This is certainly a way to tear down the military to make it as ineffective as possible. Yeah. Jim and Cheyenne, one of my favorite Rush quotes. The military holds but one purpose, to kill the enemy and break their stuff. Yeah. Um, Blue Eyes and Douglas. It's the same way with sports. Sick and tired of sports being nothing but political anymore. You know, again, why do you turn to sports? Why do you turn on the television? To get away from it for a while. To relax. Exactly the time you don't want people in your face. Coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up, Wyoming on K2 Radio. Six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, about 30 degrees out there. Hope you enjoyed all of that global warming falling from the sky. Ladies and gentlemen, the only hit song Al Gore thinks he ever had. You're driving a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's closed. You just say no I say it's global warming But you call me a liar But this planet's on fire One thing I love picking on is climate models. Now, every day when I'm done with this program, one of the things I go to listen to and watch is Don Day, our meteorologist locally, has a podcast that he does. It's, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. And he has all sorts of different charts and graphs and so on and tells you what's going on weather-wise. And one of the things he says pretty much every day, this is the model for the next so many days. 
or maybe the next week or two. But it's a model. And he says models aren't reality. Models steer you into the direction of what we are looking at and what is likely to happen. But models are not reality. Okay? Models are very helpful in the scientific community as a guide to what information we have and how we plug it in. But models are not reality. Here's a headline for you. See, your climate models suck. By the way, it's your fault that they suck. Story in front of me says climate models have been pretty bad. Though you would never know that given the breathless attention given by the media and politician. No predictions made by climate scientists have come close to reality for the long term. Which, by the way, is something that I'm constantly... How many times have I done that with you guys? I've grabbed all sorts of failed predictions. One of my favorite ones is the Maldive Islands are supposed to be underwater. They should have been a long time ago. They're not. Also, where we're living right now is all, it should have been a long time ago. The Platte River is supposed to be dry, and the whole western area is supposed to be a sandy desert like Iraq. We've gone through a recent drought, but droughts come and go. That hasn't happened. All right. So that's not the story that says a reason to make climate models or to not make climate models. Because they do, again, as Don Day says, they are a good guide as, as the meteorologists and scientists study what they're seeing. So it does help to visualize it. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Story says the only way to learn how anything works is to keep trying out theories and models until you get close to an approximate of how things work. But you never know what all the variables are. The failures of model is not the failure of science Failing models move science in a direction. Okay. Even the best physics theories have holes that have failed to predict important phenomena of space. This is exciting. It's not a bad thing. There's always more to learn. Scientists are not disappointed when you know they have an idea of what they think is going on in the, in the world or in the universe. And then they find out that they got something wrong. To them, that's exciting because... Wow, we've learned something new, and that helps us to better understand what we're looking at. We thought we understood it, but we're wrong. Thank you for that information. That's, that's mainly how the scientific community treats new information that debunks them, most of the scientific community. Sorry says, but of course, when you read about climate models in the media or hear them from political activists... You are not being engaged in a discussion about how science works or how climate works or any other legitimate scientific discussion. Instead, you've entered the realm of socialist propaganda. We keep on being told that the science tells us, but there is no such thing as one scientist put it. There is no such thing as the science. It doesn't work that way. Climate models are being used to, as a persuasive stool. Uh, tool and an educational one. Environmentalists are like watermelons, the author says. Green on the outside, red in the middle, like socialists. So, my musings, this author says, trigger to use one um, contemporary term by a piece in Nature Human Behavior. Nature, as you may know, is one of perhaps a single most prestigious scientific journals in the world. It has been around since, well, for a very long time. 
and has published all of the most distinguished scientific papers over the past few centuries. Make it into nature? Well, then you've made it as a scientist. Unfortunately, though, nature has caught, here we go, the woke disease. Everything that was once true, good and beautiful, well, now we have to tear it down. So, from the website, what's up with that? What's up with that is like Climate Depot. They will go ahead and put up on the Internet information from actual scientists that will never make it into the news media or the mouths of Democrat politicians. Climate change and human behavior from nature. Climate change is an immediate uh, immense challenge. Human behavior is critical in climate change and imagination and tackling uh, the arising consequences. In this joint focus issue between nature, climate change, and human behavior. We take a close look at the role of human behavior in the climate crisis. That right away, there, there's the problem. Right away, there's a climate crisis happening, you understand. That's the big one they're pushing. Global warming, you know, the, the global ice age, global warming, didn't work. They finally found a term they think works, which is a climate crisis. Human behavior is a neglected factor of climate science. In the light of empirical evidence for the role of human behavior in climate change, it's curious that the human factor has not always received much attention in key research areas such as climate modeling. Aha! Their models are wrong because of you and your behavior. They write, for a long time, climate models tried to predict global warming and emissions but they couldn't account for everything. This oversight meant that predictions made by models were greatly different than what actually happened. And that's because of human behavior. You see, you, your behavior, their climate models would work, but they can't predict you. The complexity of humans is also reflected in psychology, the story says. Despite an overwhelming scientific consensus on climate change. Pause. There is no consensus on climate change. Yeah, first they tell you that we're dealing here with a climate crisis. And then they tell you there's a consensus. Neither of those two lines are true. Research suggests that many people underestimate the effects of it. And it goes on to explain in the story, basically, that those failed climate models, which I've been picking on for decades now, you see, they wouldn't have been off. They would have worked. But they could not predict your behavior as a human being. Well, especially if you're a human being in a free country where you get to make your own decisions. You're unpredictable, you understand. And being unpredictable, how do they add that into some modeling thing? Which is probably one of the reasons why those in the mem members of the cult of climate change would love to have socialism take over the country. Because socialism is control. And if they can control you, then they can pr predict you. And isn't what this is really all about? Is it about saving the planet or about control? 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite episode? To save Wyoming from boring morning radio, that man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio.
848 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Off we go now to Laramie where David settles in for Frank Gambino. Okay, so David, I want you to picture that you just went to, uh, just to visit some other town somewhere. You're staying at a hotel, okay? Okay. And uh, as you pull into your hotel, it's one of those that is... You know, all the doors are outside. There's a balcony. People go for the upstairs outside, right? Okay. Right. And you see a bear, just, just just a bear, just walking down the hallway. Like, I don't know, maybe he got a room. Maybe he's just out getting some ice. Just a bear up there okay. on the balcony. Just yeah. random. All right. Yeah, just, imagine you stepped out to get some ice or a drink from the vending machine, and you turn the corner, and there's a bear up there. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is becoming more common. So let's go back uh, a couple of years. The Stanley Hotel in Colorado, where The Shining, you know, and all of that, that book and yep, movie, that's right? That's park, okay. man. I know that very well. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, one day, someone had left the front door open. It was just oh, yeah. nice out. And actually, one night. And this bear just walks into the lobby. Yeah. Just walks in. So, it's, I, you know, I would worry a little bit less about the two girls you know, standing in the hallway, <laughs> the twins, <laughs> than I would about the bear. Then there's another one, another Colorado hotel. Somebody took a video. They stepped out into their hallway. This is an indoor hallway upstairs, and there's a bear just walking down the hallway. Yikes. Okay, so now these bears have also figured out how to get into grocery stores. The doors are automatic. Yeah. So they go in, they get themselves a snack, whatever, come on out. One guy tried to kick the bear out. The bear was having none of it. Okay. Why would you even battle a bear? Uh, so if you see a yeah, if you see a bear trying to get a snack at the grocery store, let him. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you want to pay. Go in the him. other direction, by the way. Exactly I mean, I, right. I, I like bears and all, and they're cool yeah. to watch. If it's at the zoo. And I'm, you yeah. know, there's a nice gap between them and me, but right. not in the wild. Not, no. And definitely hotel. not in your hotel. You thought you were safe. All right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Well, the Wyoming Cowboy football team gave it a good go on Saturday in the battle for the Mountain Division, but fell short to Boise State. 20-17 to 17 was the final score. Cowboys jumped out to a 10-0 lead and led 10-6 at halftime. Boise State took the lead in the third quarter. Cowboys got it right back late in the third on an 83-yard touchdown run by Titus Swin. But midway through the fourth quarter, Boise State got the go-ahead touchdown pass with 20-17. to 17. Then the Cowboys turned the ball over late trying to rally, forced a fumble by George Halani, his first of the season for Boise State. Devon Harris scoops it up, returns at 44 yards. But on the next play, Jaden Clemens threw his third interception of the game into double coverage in the end zone. And that's how it pretty much ended. Boise State just had to take a knee. Wyoming loses to the Broncos 20-17. to 17. Clemens went 3 of 16 passing for just 30 yards and three interceptions. The Cowboys could not get it done in the end. Head coach Craig Bowles said tons of emotions after that one. you got a bunch of guys in that locker room who are uh, upset, hurt, coaches, me. Um, I, I want to be clear on this, that I gave the green light on that play. Did it come out and was it executed the way we thought it would be? No. Obviously not, but I gave Tim the light to say, okay, I'll take one shot. Let's try to score. If we don't have it, then we're going to kick a field goal. So that's that was the logic in it. Jaden's going to learn. And he's talking about Jaden Clemens. Uh, again, three interceptions. Cowboys throw for just 30 yards, and they lose. So they dropped to 7-4 and four on the season, 5-2 and two in conference play. 
They wrap up the regular season at Fresno State Friday at 8 p.m. You can listen to that game on K2 and Casper, KWB and Laramie. Wyoming men's basketball has split their first two games at the U.S. Virgin Islands Paradise Jam Tournament. They beat Howard Friday 78-71 behind 28 points from Hunter Maldonado, but lost in the semifinals yesterday to Drake 61-56. It was a tale of two halves. Cowboys shot 23% in the first half, 62% in the second half, but couldn't get all the way back. Maldonado led the way with 20 points and five rebounds. The Cowboys will play Boston College at 345 this afternoon. That game can be heard on K2 and Casper and Y95 in Laramie. Wyoming women's basketball won their first game against Denver on Friday night in the Heather Ezel era, 68-45. to Quinn Weinerman had 18 points. Allison Ferdig, 13 points and 21 rebounds. They play Regis on Tuesday. And in the NFL, the Broncos lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, 22-16 in overtime to drop the 3-7. and seven, While the Buffalo Bills, led by Josh Allen, beat the Cleveland Browns in a game moved to Detroit because of all the snow in Buffalo, 31-23. The Bills now 7-3 and three on the season. That is your sports this hour. Have you already lined up your Thanksgiving sports games that you're going to football you're going to watch? Uh, yeah, I had a big change in my schedule as of last Friday, and we can talk more about that next hour because okay. it will be including everybody in the listening audience. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Dave. We'll do that coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Now going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. I'm unsupervised today. Just today. It's okay. I'm, I'm either, uh, unable to take phone calls at the moment. We can do that tomorrow and the next day, too. Yes, I'll have Thanksgiving off. Okay, so that's why I normally would do open phones. You can still send me notes. The Wake Up Wyoming app is available to you at any time. It's free to download at your app store. You just hit chat. Send me a note. By the way, Rianne from Fort Danger just reminded me. So on is it last Friday? I was at Ridley Supermarket in Casper, Wyoming. We do that every year. We raise money and take in food and so on for families across the region for Thanksgiving and beyond. And she was asking how that turned out. Well, they were just, I mean, piles of turkey and other food and cash donations coming in, doing really well when I left anyway. They seem to do really well every single year. And it's not just a matter of people dropping by goods or money. It's businesses doing it as well, but not just for that one time, but people who keep it going all year round to make sure that needy people get what they need. And because of the economy, inflation, yeah, it's been a bit high as it, inflation and grocery store prices, you know what you're dealing with, right? So just getting basic food into homes that normally could handle it has been very difficult. So these organizations more important than ever before. So to everybody who went out to Ridley's, and this is the Wyoming Food for Thought program doing this, thank you for that. Also, Wyoming's First Lady, Janie Gordon, should be on this week to talk a little bit more about that. And I am really 
pleased to talk with her again. I'm always singing her praises because she did, I thought, one of the smartest things I've seen done when it comes to charitable organizations. She got them all working together. Again, not just during the holidays, year-round. So because of that, a lot of needy people struggling through tough times that would normally be good times are able to make it feed their families because of all of the different charitable organizations who are now working together under her guidance, which I thought was a great program to put together. So when you give to a local community food bank, it can spread around the state and help people in even just the smallest place, the smallest towns you may have not even heard of. All right. Let's go back real quick. I started the program with this at the beginning of the, what, 6 o'clock hour. I was talking about the shooting in Colorado. Because as always, when it comes to something like this, I like to clarify and correct even a lot of what you hear. Because so often the misinformation, things that people immediately spout out, as soon as something like this happens. Wait, you don't even know what happened yet. All right, so there was a shooting. There was a nightclub. And as the news media keeps saying, LGBTQ, you know, that nightclub, right? One of those. And Colorado Springs is where it was. Apparently, this guy had come in. Last I heard was he had hid for a while. And then stepped out and started shooting. And a couple of guys that were dancing with each other saw him and took him down. One of them took his gun away and hit him with his own gun. Way to go. Five people dead, a bunch of others injured, but they stopped what could have been far worse than that. Now, they finally arrested the guy. He's in the hospital, but they got the guy. They arrested him. Now they're trying to break down what happened. And immediately the president calls for gun control. He wants assault weapons bans. And immediately there are those members of the uh, LGBT alphabet soup community who want to be heard because, well, one of our nightclubs was attacked. What are we supposed to do? Well, hang on a minute. Put everything on hold for just a minute. You got, And this is where I give the police in Colorado credit for what they're doing. Not so much the news media. A little bit the news media has repeated what the police have said, but not entirely. Let's stop for a minute and take a look at who this young man is, what little we know so far. About a year ago, the police were called on him by his mother. And she was worried because he had threatened her life with a homemade bomb and various other weapons. Not just guns, various other weapons. He's been in trouble like this before. And this is where I was asking the question in the 6 o'clock hour. Why are we having a problem identifying people who have mental disorders? See, I don't care what weapon they use. He had threatened to kill his mom with a homemade bomb. And I brought up stories in the first hour of the program. There was a guy in Tampa some years ago who made, it was worse than Molotov cocktails. It was more like Molotov napalm. And had gone to a little corner restaurant and blew the place up. I've talked to you about people who've run through crowds with trucks, taken out as many as possible, knife attacks, et cetera, et cetera. 
I don't care about the tool that was used. So as soon as somebody mentioned, uh, and the first thing I heard on, on a television station, gun violence. I don't care what tool he used. If the gun wasn't available, he would have used something else. And because of the kind of nightclub it was, immediately some people went there. What was his motive? Was it a hate crime? Back up a minute. What about when he threatened his mother with a homemade bomb and various other weapons? And I go back, remember the Aurora, Colorado movie theater shooting? That young man was seeing a shrink. The shrink was very nervous to be around him, by the way. Police had been notified on him many times. Just recently, they sentenced a young man who shot up that uh, high school in Florida a few years ago. Same thing with him. Red flags all over the place. There was even restraining orders taken out against that guy. There were red flags all over the place, ignored. The question goes back to the same question I always ask about the mental health. At times, even when people see it, nothing is done about it. In fact, I just heard news top of the hour that the guy who shut up the nightclub over the weekend, yeah, police were called on him because he had threatened his mom, again, with a homemade bomb and various other weapons. It was a threat that was made. I don't know that anything was ever carried out or done, or but threats were made anyway. And apparently he had never been prosecuted for any of this. And I wondered, after he had done something like this, was anybody keeping an eye on him? Because obviously this guy has some kind of a problem. Obviously he does. This is where, again, I don't care about the tool that he used. Where he attacked is not even my concern. People right away want to find out motives and so on. My main concern is taking a look at mental health. Why do some people freak out and do this? I don't know. We don't know. What is wrong with them? How do we identify them, people who have this potential, and what can we do? Now, that's a hard discussion to have. And that's a discussion as the human race we've been having for a very long time. Things like this didn't start when the gun was invented or even when the assault weapon was invented. Mass murders like this have always happened, always. It's not a new thing. And yes, before the gun was invented, people just used other weapons. Okay. So it's a problem that the human race has always had to deal with. And if we really want to solve this problem, that's what we have to look at. Once again, it's a mental health issue. If we finally get focused and work on that, we might actually, we'll never come to a solution for this, but we'll at least be on the right track to make things better. 915, wake up, Wyoming. With Glenn Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. Nine twenty-one's the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name's Glenn Woods. I just took everything that I had and threw it away because I came across something which actually weaves into something I was talking about last hour. Last hour, I was once again taking a look at some cult of climate change nonsense. That the reason that their models don't work 
is because you keep doing unpredictable things you're not supposed to be doing with your lives. And therefore, their models on climate change and so on don't work. And the article talked about things like the consensus among the scientists. Now, I just came across something. I am so glad. I, I've been looking at this all morning. I'm so glad I clicked on it. You know, when you, if you use Google as a search engine, they usually have, well, they always have a picture on Google, which has some historic person or event. And it's usually something that you can click on, and they use sort of cartoons, artwork, and so on to tell the story. Get a load of this story. Because unknowingly, they just destroyed their whole thing about a consensus in science. And understand, there are some people, when I say stuff like this, would actually say that I'm anti-science. I am not anti-science. I am opposed to the way scientists and the scientific community are portrayed by the media and by politicians and the cults of climate change. I spent this weekend, for example, this, oh, this is really going to, I spent this weekend reading a book about geology, Wyoming geology, but just in geology in general, because I like stuff like that, okay? I'm not anti-science, but I understand how the scientific community works, and much of the ways portrayed is false. There's a consensus among the scientists. Here's what Google put up on Google today. Artwork for it is really good. Marjorie, Mar, I'm sorry, Mary Tharp, a geologist, cartographer. Groundbreaking maps change the way we view our planet. At the start of her career, 1950, much of the land on Earth had already been mapped. But the ocean, now that was a mystery. Scientists began to study with something new. Sonar. We could ping the ocean's bottom and get a reading of what was down there by calculating the depth. Okay, so she's receiving sonar information and doing the math and making a map on what the ocean floor looks like. And at the time, we had no idea. I mean, even our best submarines couldn't go that deep, right? Okay, so pinging the ocean floor, she starts to get an idea of what it looks like. And she's discovering mountains and so on down there, valleys. and right. In those early days, the story says Mary's research, well, it was they weren't all about having women on board. So they sent her the data, and she did it in her office. And she worked with a research team and a boss named Bruce. Using the data... She began mapping out the ocean floor, and she realized she relied on studies of uh, math backgrounds to interpolate what was seen. So she's not getting a picture from this radar. She's getting the math, and she's translating it into a picture, connecting the mathematical dots, if you will. After analyzing the data, she noticed something in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. There was a massive rift right up the middle. A huge crack. Well, Bruce, who she worked with and her boss, was skeptical of this and said, can't be too big, not way down there. Said that she needs to go back and redo it. So just to make sure she had it right, she did. And she came back 
with the same conclusion. There's this big rift, right, a crack right up the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So after looking at the data a second time, she went to her colleagues, including another guy named Howard Foster, and said, look, there's a lot of earthquake in that, in that activity, too. We're looking at something seismic here and really deep. Okay, this is the part that just got me. Mary and Bruce then took the information and published it, and the scientific community remained unconvinced. They said it wasn't possible. They told her that she was wrong. Now think about this for a minute. Here's two people, Mary and her boss, Bruce. Bruce just wanted her to go back and double-check her data. That's what she did. They now see the evidence. They've got it. They understand it. They published their findings. The consensus of the scientific community at the time was, you're wrong. Well, if the majority of scientists agree, then it's, well, that's the case, right? I mean, who are they to buck the major bulk of the scientific community? If most of the scientists tell them that they're wrong, then they must be wrong. If 97% of the scientists agree, they continue to talk to the scientific community until eventually somebody had invented an underwater camera. And they went to the ocean floor and went around with an underwater camera, and you better believe some high-intensity lights, taking a look at what was on the ocean floor and found out that she was right. The Mid-Atlantic Ridge, a massive, massive valley right up the Pacific Ocean. So finally, after seeing the photographic evidence from below the sea, they had no choice but to believe her. Her maps fueled a paradigm shift in our fundamental understanding of our planet's history and the way tectonic plates work and the very idea that the continents drift around. But the part that gets me about the story that I, I just read this moment before I came back on the air Remember, when she and her colleague, Bruce, published their data, the bulk of the scientific community said that she was wrong. Now, again, if 97% of scientists agree, then it's settled science, right? The debate is over? Well, that's what we were told. The science is settled. The debate is over. Because somebody said, without really any proof that when it comes to climate change, the science is settled and the debate is over. And so anybody who speaks out against it must be ridiculed and their careers destroyed. Right? Coming up on 930. Local news coming your way. Hello, Pat. Pat's in Casper. Send me a note. I'm going to read your note next. Doing this news and information break. Weather forecast right after. Wake up, Wyoming.
Kentucky Morning Porch Paper. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Thirty-six the time. So wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Uh, Jim and Laramie sending me a note off the app. Just hit the chat option on the app. You can send me a text message. He writes, "I don't agree with hate crime laws." You and I agree that we we don't agree. I I don't like hate crime laws. But he says, "What difference does it make for why you kill someone? The person is still dead, and the loved ones don't grieve any less for the reason." Uh, yeah, I no, I I agree. And he goes into all, a little bit of what weapon they used, all that kind of stuff. Does You're right. It doesn't matter. Um, the idea here is if somebody commits murder, they've committed murder. I, I don't care really why, other than I want to examine them so we could figure out why people become this mentally unstable. But the idea that they did it for a certain motive and one motive is worse than the other, no, it's murder. There's not one motor worse than the other. Jeff and Casper, Glenn, I find the story about Mary, Bruce, and the ocean floor and your conclusions interesting. Was the work of Mary published or, or online so I can read it further? Yes. Um, go to Google. Uh, let me see. Uh, page of Google today. Yeah, if you go to Google... You'll find it right there. They they lay out the story in sort of a an artsy way for, but you can go ahead and follow the story up from there. It really is an interesting story. I thought, but all right. One more that I had for you, Governor of Wyoming, Governor Gordon, released a plan of how to use nine hundred thirteen million in surplus state funds. Story says Wyoming. This is from Wyoming Public Media. Wyoming brought in more money. Than expected this year, which officials say is due to extra revenues from high energy prices. On Friday, November 18th, Governor Mark Gordon released a new plan on how to use those extra funds. The state has $913 million in surplus in the general fund and budget reserve account. Gordon's supplementary budget recommends that about half of the general fund money should be put into a savings account which would mean about $400 million goes into the Permanent Mineral Trust Fund. That's always a good idea to put it away and save it because we go through tough times, we have the money, the rainy day fund. Quote, our economy has performed better than anybody could have anticipated, providing what I'm referring to is a serendipitous amount of funding. It's our responsibility not to squander this opportunity and to make sure that we invest in our future in a way that will pay off in years to come. Gordon added that the effects on inflation have been huge for Wyoming and the state's fiscal plan should respond accordingly. He wants to allocate about $70 million in external cost adjustments for K-12 schools, also $1 million to the property tax relief program. He also proposed to pay about $50 million to ongoing construction projects as well. Quote, we want to make sure we have the firing capacity to be able to finish projects that we have begun. He also wants to help cities and towns and counties. He's proposing $26 million direct distribution to communities and $10 million to be put into the Mineral Royalty Grant Program, which serves as an emergency fallback account for towns and counties. The program ran out of funds last year and is absolutely, he says, essential 
for our communities to be able to address emergencies. Rawlins lost its water supply, for example. Claremont lost its water supply a little bit before. So how about projects like that? Now, I look at the extra money. First off, to take half of it and drop it into the into investments and savings, absolutely. Because that does help us down the line. Also, it helps as tax relief for you because as the state earns interest, dividends, and so on, then the state doesn't tax us as much because that money's coming in in interest and dividends. But then as far as the rest of the money, I'm never in favor of just handing, I don't care if it's schools or whatever, just handing the money, here, here's money. No. Specifically, this money is for this. All right, that, that's how I would do it. And I do like the idea that, okay, Rawlins has had water problems and they're falling short on financing. So here's some money for that. We have some road projects and we need to finish those. Okay, here's the money for the road projects. Okay, so if some extra money came in and there are some things, some shortfalls, we could spend it on, fine. Do not grow government. We made that, when I first came to Wyoming, I noticed that the state was doing really well. Money was just rolling in, especially because of coal. And man, city, county, and state were just spending it. And when I complained about it, what? We got money rolling in. What? Yeah, they didn't want. They they did not want to stop spending. They thought it was just going to keep coming in, and they spent, 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 spent. All right. And then when things got lean again, which of course they're going to do, whoops! Oh Lord, now we have to cut back. Yes, you do. So nice, we had a little surplus come in. Spend it wisely. Do not grow government. And the fact that a lot of it goes into savings and others go to finished projects that we were already that we need to do but we're falling short on, those are good ideas. 942, wake up Wyoming. Never boring. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97 Woods. Forty-seven to time. Let's wake up Wyoming. Off we go to Laramie to talk to David Settle. Real quick, Dave. I just came across something here, which to me is uh, really disturbing and almost puts me off for Thanksgiving dinner. Almost. Uh-oh. Uh oh. FDA approves of lab-grown chicken. Yeah, I can see how that's concerning. Yeah, I, I just no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> emerging technologies may reshape the food industry in the coming. No. You know, I've never been a hunter, uh, David, just because I never really needed I didn't grow. I grew up on an island. There's nothing to hunt on. I fished, but I didn't hunt anything. I will take up hunting. <laughs> 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 just because I'm not doing this, Dave. I'm just, you, yeah, were, yeah. you were going to explain something last hour. It had. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you were asking about if I had any special plans for Thanksgiving. Well, I did, and then my plans changed. Because of some recent things, and I got asked to um, fill in on the Wyoming Cowgirl basketball radio broadcast for oh. the rest of the season. I'm actually going with them on Wednesday morning out to California. Wow. Okay, that's huge. Yeah, that's a giant departure from where I was going. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to be spending the holiday with family, but uh, I will be uh, picking up something full-time here 
adding to my uh, list of responsibilities. Okay. And uh, I'll be flying out with the team on Wednesday. Okay. So, a different direction than what I was thinking. Completely different direction. Now, do I need to sit down and have a conversation with you warning you about California? Yeah. Okay. Sure. That's, that's um, just... <laughs> not really, because I'm not really a big California fan. I'll, okay. I'll be glad that I'm only there for a few days and then gone. Yeah, that's that's really good. Yeah. And don't slow down, because they'll catch you and start taxing you. So just... <laughs> Keep it moving there. Oh, by the way, remember back in the days of the old Soviet Union, you could right. show up with like blue jeans and pay for your vacation in Russia by selling blue jeans to people, right? There right. are many okay. things, and I'm not kidding, that are banned in California. You're not allowed to sell in California. I would suggest get a list of those things, show up with them and sell them. <laughs> Make extra money on the side because people in California are not allowed to buy these things anymore. But you could make a small fortune selling some of these same things. Yeah, I don't know if I'll have enough room to uh, haul that all that with. Yeah, okay. So okay. what kind of places do they have you going? Uh, we are going to the University of Pacific in Stockton, California. Okay, that's safe. That's good. Okay. Yeah. It's not. It's not bad. It looks like a, a very nice area. I'm not exactly 100 percent certain where we're staying. This will be my first incursion like this ever. I'm. Uh, I guess I'm nervous, anxious, excited, and right. a lot of other emotions all wrapped up into one. Okay. No, this is going to be a great time and a marvelous opportunity. Make sure not just to save your audio, but take plenty of pictures and video. All right. For years to come. I mean, you, you're going to want to save this stuff. This is good stuff here. Yeah, all right. Thank you very much, Glenn. Good morning, everybody. Hopefully your day going well so far. Saturday night was a tough one for the Wyoming Cowboys and their fans. Had a chance to win the game late, but an interception in the end zone prevented Wyoming from upsetting Boise State. They lost to the Broncos 20-17. to Wyoming was up 10-0 early, led 10-6 at halftime. Then they were down, but got a big 83-yard touchdown run by Titus Swin to go up 17-13 late in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, Boise State regained a lead. Wyoming forces a fumble late in regulation. They return it down to around the Boise State 20, but in the next play, the third interception by Boise State defensively ended the night for the Cowboys, so they lose to the Broncos. After the game, Wyoming head coach Craig Bull talked about a ton of emotions, and he knew that they were playing a little banged up. Be some sleepless hours tonight. And uh, what I will say, though, I'm proud of our guys. They went in. Uh, with a lot of obstacles against them. I mean, the number of times that, you know, we had an opportunity with some of these younger guys, um, but it's gone. We lost and we'll move forward. He said, if any, if you want to be critical of anyone about the play call selection there at the end of the game, be critical of me. That was from head coach Craig Bowles Saturday night. Pokes are seven and four on the season, five and two in the conference. They wrap up the regular season at Fresno State Friday at 8 p.m. You'll be able to listen to that game on K2 and Casper, KUWB and Laramie. Men's basketball split their two. They have split their first two games at the U.S. Virgin Islands Paradise Jam Tournament. They beat Howard Friday 78-71, but lost to Drake in the semifinals yesterday 61-56. They played Boston College in the third place game at 345 this afternoon, broadcast at 3 on K2 and Casper and 195 in Laramie. Women's basketball won their first game in the Heather Ezell era 68-45 over Denver. The head coach said it definitely feels good. Our kids are ready to get that that one in the, the win column and now start rolling. You know, once again, I thought they responded really well after that Gonzaga loss to be able to come back. And the way they started the game, give them a lot of credit because they came out with something on their on their shoulder. 
The Cowgirls now one and two on the season. They jumped out to an 18 to three lead. Quinn Weidman at 18 points. Allison Furtig, the Douglas native, 13 points and 21 rebounds, a new career high, which is tied for fourth most in a single game in school history. They play Regis tomorrow at 11 a.m. for Education Day. In the NFL, the Broncos lost in overtime to the Las Vegas Raiders, 22 to 16, dropping a three and seven on the season. That is their sixth one-score loss of the season. And the Buffalo Bills won in Detroit over the Cleveland Browns, 31-23. That game was moved from Buffalo to Detroit because of all that snow over the weekend. And the Bills will be back in Detroit to play the Lions on Thanksgiving on Thursday. That's your sports this hour. And I suppose you saw the pictures of the Bills stadium. Oh, I did. I, oh, I you know, my, my family, big Bills fans. I, I yeah. follow Josh Allen. I got to cover him here while he was in Laramie at the University of Wyoming. And a great young man. And it was just wild to see where yeah. you couldn't even see where the field started and the stands. <laughs> exactly. It was yeah. here. Massively piled high there. But, yeah. see, I still would have been for having the game there. I just, because that just would have been fun to watch. I wouldn't want to go in person. I just want to sit home and laugh at everybody who went. I don't know how you would get that much stadium or that much snow <laughs> out of the stadium. Though, no, you just, they're just going to have to wait till it melts. That's the only... <laughs> All right, thank you, Dave. Coming up on Local Business, news time right after that. It's Wake Up Wyoming.